and welcome to another edition of Southern Fried Spooky, the podcast home of all things Southern, spooky, and today, royal. Ooh, royal. I'm Carolina Girl Heather. And I'm Florida Man Tony. And we're going to once more ask you for Facebook likes and five-star reviews. Oh, Patreon. We have that thing, too. Yeah, we have that thing, too, now. And I think sometime coming up soon, perhaps, we will have some exclusive video on our Patreon. Yep. Behind the scenes of Pirates Royale. That's and the goal. And other things, actually, yeah. Cool. So check us out. So today is another installment of interviews with performers at the Carolina Renaissance Festival. Yeah, now, we know it's not creepy, but to us, and especially to the people we work with at the Ren Fair, it's exciting. Oh, very much so. Yeah. Um, this is probably going to be our last one for this year. And so for those of you who are not into the alternative lifestyle of performers, fear not. We do have some more spooky things lined up soon as we head into... The holidays, all of them. So thank you for indulging us in sharing about Renaissance Festival and various performers out there. And by the way, she meant the last Renaissance Fair one. She didn't mean the last episode. Oh, no, 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 no. We do believe that performance life is pretty alternative, we especially do. on the Ren circuit. Yeah. Um, and we like anything that's not just normal and mundane. Do we want to talk about what's coming up soon, or are we going to wait? No, we can talk that? about what's coming up soon. We are hoping, against all hope, that on Halloween we'll debut an episode we've been working on for quite some time. A collection of true ghost stories as told by various people that we've already interviewed. So we hope that you'll enjoy it. I know Toadie's been working on the editing since, oh, summer. Yeah. In the meantime... Today, we're talking with Bettina Queen. Uh, her name is Bettina, yeah. and she plays our queen. CRF was queenless for the very first few years, which is like back in 1994. And I think we had one queen who served one year, and then we had a long-reigning queen. Um, queen Lolly. E- yeah, queen Eleanor, played yeah. by Lolly Foy. She reigned, or ruled, whichever, for about 10 years or so. And she was delightful and gracious and so much fun. And oh, we- yes. And and I do miss her, but we also really love Bettina, yeah, who we've yeah, had and, for fifteen years and, now. And yeah, and and like saying that Lolly is amazing, we don't mean it in taking away from what Bettina is, because no. Bettina is just as amazing. In different ways. Yeah. And I love that about performers. I think we mentioned it. It is canon that Queen Eleanor is the mother of Queen Isabella. Yeah. So we are now in the reign of Isabella. Yep. A fictional queen. Um, there was an Isabella, but that was in Spain. Yeah. So there's not been an English Isabella. We'll have a little bit of uh, the court jester in there. Indeed. Also a good movie. Yep. Her daughter slash best friend. They'll try to explain that a little later on. Yeah. Mandy. Mandy has been for many years our jester. Now this year she's taking a year off. We're really hoping we can guilt her and bribe her maybe into coming back. She's one of the best jesters we've had. Yes. And um, like any time she is on stage, I cannot stop laughing. She's hysterical. And they just have the perfect relationship for monarch slash jester. They do. And as things happen, we'll focus on Bettina and <laughs> Mandy will just happen behind her. Mandy will just happen because that girl is a force of nature. So help us in welcoming Bettina and Mandy. How did you find your way to Renaissance festivals and when? Well, I actually went to college at UNCG over in Greensboro. 
No. So just, just not too far north of Carolina Renaissance Festival. And I remember when they first opened, I heard about an advertisement, not necessarily about the festival, but about the joust. <laughs> and I was fascinated by that idea. And I wanted to go so badly. And none of my friends wanted to go with me. Losers. And I was very disappointed. And I didn't want to go by myself. So I never went. A number of years later, I moved to Georgia. And the within the first year that I was there, uh, I was doing a show. And one of my cast members was also uh, working at the Renaissance Festival. And auditions were coming up. And I, once again, I was fascinated she told me a little bit about the different types of characters they were looking for. She mentioned Kissing Wench, and I thought, ooh, <laughs> I am a huge flirt. I can do that. No problem. <laughs> so I went to auditions, and I saw, yes, indeed, they were looking for a, a Kissing Wench, but they were also looking for a fairy queen. And I had cool. just finished a four-year D&D campaign <laughs> as a pixie. Nice, nice. So I was like, oh my gosh, that's what I want even more than a kissing wedge. I want to play a fairy. I mean, <laughs> and the fairy queen at that. Fantastic. So, okay, yeah. honestly, as an aside, I never pegged you as a D&D person. So kind of cool. <laughs> I, I'm really not very much of one. Um, I was dating the DM. Oh, that'll do I it. Was, I, was <laughs> I was fascinated with the, the concept. And I, it was just so much work to even get a character started. So oh, he yeah. helped. And the parts that we didn't really know how to fill in, like her history and all that stuff, we answered with the simple solution of, oh, the character has amnesia. She doesn't know anything about her past. Oh, yeah. so <laughs> as the game went along, I would start making up stuff and as if she were remembering slowly but that was that was a lot of fun we, yeah we would meet almost every single saturday and play all day on saturday that for, seems the norm. for four years i would sit in and listen to the stories because i enjoyed them if they were dm'd well but by chuck windig well yeah but <laughs> but occasionally you know we'd have friends who were like we're just doing stats and numbers and it would just get very boring and complicated and i'm like is anything actually happening <laughs> Oh, yeah. We we didn't get bogged down with the stats so much. We we really focused a lot on the play because most of us in that group were actors doing yeah. like community theater kind of stuff. Usually a couple of them started branching out into professional theater. They kept on telling me, you need to go professional. You need to go professional. And that's one of the reasons I moved to Georgia was to start doing more professional stuff acting. But yeah, it, we focused a lot more on on the improv. So when Naturally. I went to the Renaissance Festival, it wasn't that hard of a stretch for me because I had already been improv in that D&D game for four years and loved it. So was this Fairy Queen kind of based on your pixie or was it something entirely different? She was very playful, like my pixie. Uh, so I already had a feeling of, of whimsy and playfulness and light and airy. And that's pretty much how I, I played the, the Fairy Queen, uh, just with big, a, a touch of regalness <laughs> to her. Oh, yes. Because uh, I, I had two other fairies on cast that were under me and they would always, you know, bow to me because I was their queen, their queen, but yeah, mostly whimsy and, and, and flighty. And now everybody bows to you. Yes. <laughs> oh, wait, except for the jester who's shaking her head. <laughs> well, that was going to be the next question. What was your path to the monarchy? <laughs> the fairy queen actually was my path to the monarchy. 
Which is um, odd because Georgia is more historically based. More historically. Yeah, they are more historic, but as far as long as I've ever been there, they've also had fairies. So, you know, a little bit of whimsy amidst their historical King Henry era kind of scenario and characters. But at the time, the director, they would, she would do a mid-season review with every individual new person, at least. I don't know if she did it to the veterans or not. And then she would have an end of year review with each new person. My mid-year of a review consisted of, you know what? You're doing a great job. Just keep on doing what you're doing. Nice. And I'm like, oh, phew, great. Because <laughs> I was a bit nervous about that. And then at the very the end of the season, she said, you did a great job this year. How would you like to be queen next year? Wow. And I just said, um, okay. <laughs> That's and quite I a promotion. <laughs> so you're telling me you got demoted. Yeah, kind of, from magical to non-magical. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, there is that. Yeah. And I and I had to start obeying a man, the king. You have chosen yeah. poorly. <laughs> <laughs> I, had a really, I had a really great king who kind of showed me the ropes. I took a lot of direction from his example and kind of showed me what I could do. And I was I slowly came out of my shell as queen. It was a lot easier being a historical queen, not really knowing what as much because I could follow him. He was the king and I'm just his wife who happens to be a queen. So it was a lot easier (laughs) to kind of learn the ropes that way as I was doing it. And then, of course, the Carolina queen, uh, Lolly, who is, is, is still to this day much beloved, was in her final season and I knew everyone knew that she was retiring and um, I, I still have family in Charlotte. I was born in Charlotte. I've got cousins, aunts, and uncles all over there. My grandmother was there at the time when she was still living. And I thought, what a great opportunity to go over there regularly from Georgia and visit. So when they held auditions for the new queen, I went ahead and auditioned and I got the role. Was it really difficult? Again, me being at FAIR, well, CRF since 99, Lolly was my first queen and she was amazing and wonderful and so sweet and everyone loved lolly how hard is it to take over a role from someone like that (laughs) very challenging (laughs) like i can imagine the first year was not the easiest transition oh oh no no it was not easy it was also our director's first year as a director Uh Uh, it was his first year uh, at matt and it was a big year. that kind of made me feel a little bit, you know, more at ease knowing that we were both starting out together. I had gotten along with everyone that was on court, but I had the concept of, okay, I am a new cast member here. I don't know anything. I happen to play a character who is supposedly in charge and over top of everything, but backstage and privately and so and socially, I, I was new and I considered myself not to be in charge of anything. And it was difficult because there was a different standard of performance for the cast back when I started than there is now, which Matt and Vrini have both worked really hard to develop a, a really much better rehearsal process for everyone. So I, I felt very kind of lost as far as like, well, what are we supposed to be doing now? No one is telling me anything. And I can't just decide 
oh, this is what we're going to do because I'm not in charge. Right. Even though the queen is in charge, Bettina is not in charge. So I never assumed that. I think um, a lot of people forget that fact, too, is the fact that you still have your higher up. Yeah, yeah. In theory. I mean, yeah, backstage, definitely. <laughs> As you know, we did a interview with the Pirates Royale, all of them. Yes, yes, I've listened to it already. Okay, so at some point, remind me to show you the unedited. <laughs> That's probably going to end up on our Patreon, That's actually. That's probably going to end up on the Patreon. Oh, my Oh, God. my gosh, I want to hear that. Long. Oh. Twice it, as long. It's twice as long and just as hilarious. It's it's amazing. But they mentioned that you were friends back when you were the Fairy Queen. Well, to say that we were friends... Um, is being very generous. I, it was my very first year performing at Georgia, and I was I was still very nervous. I had never done this kind of theater before, and we had a pirate weekend, a themed weekend with the pirates, pirates being the theme. And f- for years, the Pirates Royale would come down, and uh, it would be on Memorial Day weekend because it's a it was our three day weekend and they would come down they would set up their their tent their camp and honestly I don't know exactly what all they did other than I I, I know now they would sing but mostly they would I, I saw them hanging out because I had my other responsibilities I had I was in charge of the Maypole um, I was doing other things with you know kids so I didn't get to really see much of the stage shows my first year. Um, I also felt like I wasn't supposed to see the stage shows because I was supposed to be working in the lanes but they did inter- they were free to interact with the people around them and the character Jack Rackham <laughs> uh, or, or Jack he he wrote me a love note and I thought it was hilarious to me it said i'm willing to play so i thought oh my gosh this is so much fun these guys are really cool i'm, I'm gonna play back with them so uh he wrote me this very silly love note which i, I plan to bring to crf when they come to visit this year and uh <laughs> <laughs> show him that yes i still have this love note and you know she actually did and it was hilarious back to the show I think they mentioned that. I think he actually mentioned that. Yes, he did. I'm going to definitely remember. I've got it in my remind me list to grab that love note and take it with me. So I have it for that weekend when they're coming to visit. And uh, so I, what I did was uh, I wrote him a note back and told him to meet me at the Maypole at a certain time, you know, because that was my station, you know. So he came and basically the fairy queen put a spell on him and all the kids danced the maypole and tied him up to the pole (laughs) (laughs) and i thought it was i thought it was just such fun that they were he was willing to play but yeah I, i didn't really get to see them again until i started working at crf and started listening to their music more because the following year we had a new director who decided Nah, we have our own pirates now. And they didn't come to guest perform anymore at Georgia, which broke my heart because they have incredible music. Oh, and of I course, do. I'm a music lover. Um, music is my first passion. And, and they're just such fun. The whole group of them were so much fun. Out of curiosity, when did you meet the husband? So many of us who have our fair relationships, I'm on my third. <laughs> 
So my first year as Fairy Queen, we have a we we had a big enough cast, and he was he was working the mud stage, um, doing the mud show at that time. Totally tracks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I didn't see him very often. He wasn't in the same rehearsals as I was because we had the newbie rehearsals, and then we had the veteran. Uh, they added in the veterans towards the end of the rehearsal process. And I saw him at one of the big, you know, at all cast rehearsals, but I never spoke to him. And I thought, oh, he's kind of cute. You know, like you do with a lot of people you see, in, you know, especially when you're single. Oh, he's cute. Oh, he's cute. Or, you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and so I decided one day I saw him outside the front gate before we opened, interacting with patrons as, as we did. And I thought, you know what? I'll interact with him in character and see where it goes. And then maybe backstage we'll strike up a conversation, you know, because we interacted once. Yep. So I go over <laughs> there as, as my fairy queen and I say, good morning to the good mortal. And he looks at me and he has a handful of mud that he carries around. <laughs> he looks at me, looks at the mud, looks at me and he holds out his hand and he gives me a mighty belt. That sounds familiar. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Which I thought was absolutely hilarious. But I knew that my character would be disgusted by it. (laughs) So in order to stay in character, I just simply said, all righty then, I shall flit away in this direction. And I went away. (laughs) (laughs) And we didn't speak again for another year. Not because I didn't want to or that he didn't want to, but because our our schedules were just so conflicting. His mud shows were all at the same time as my Maypoles. So I never got to see his mud show. He never got to come around to the Maypole. And in between mud shows, he was either breaking down the stage or setting up for the next show or cleaning off or helping the patrons clean off because the patrons would walk out of the festival so covered in mud. I couldn't see the color of their clothes. <laughs> it's very interactive theater. <laughs> yes. They they would invite an audience member into the mud and they would end up doing just a full dive into that mud pit and they would leave wives kept on coming with a secreted bag of extra clothes for their husband <laughs> that he would get chosen for the mud show. Oh wow. <laughs> So the next year, his character changed. They got rid of the mud show with the new director. And that was when I became queen. And the storyline was basically the queen gets kidnapped by pirates. And so for several hours in the day, I was walking around with all the pirates. (laughs) And they dressed me up a pirate and everything. But he was the one, he was the strongest one in the group. So he was the one that would hold on to my belt. (laughs) And that way I couldn't get away. So that's that's when we started hanging out together and getting to know each other. And um, he kidnapped you, okay? Yeah. Well, and now <laughs> literally and- threw me over his shoulder, hoop skirt and all, running down a hill with my feet dangling, my hoop skirt on, uh, and the other hand that's not holding on to me over his shoulder is holding on to a sword, and he's trying to move the hoop skirt out of his way so he can see where he's going. <laughs> And now, instead of being kidnapped by pirates, you're in an epic game of tag with them. (laughs) What's the moral of the story? Kidnapping isn't always bad. (laughs) (laughs) I like your concept of it's not stalking. It's just plain extreme follow the leader. Yeah, exactly. Fair (laughs) enough. No, 
How did you two meet, you and Mandy? So Mandy joined the royal court in at Carolina. What? How about we do her version and then my version, and you can edit it to what you want it to be. <laughs> so we'll do it like a Rashomon type deal where we're just getting two like stories like corresponding together. <laughs> you know, I've heard my story a lot. I'm interested to hear her story. <laughs> Here's my story. So in uh, 2010 is when Mandy had joined the Royal Court and the rehearsal process still wasn't quite at the point where it is now. And I still had felt a lot of, well, I did all the work. I did almost all the work, if not all the work of entertaining on the Royal Court because they didn't have the skill set or or the gumption. I don't know, but they they would just sit there and they wouldn't really do things like they do now. Like you guys would get up and address the queen about a problem or <laughs> you would get up and do bits or interact with other characters on court or, or, or whatnot. Well, back then the court really didn't do anything. Mostly they sat there and they looked pretty, which they looked great. And, you know, <laughs> that's there's, only there's so nothing. far. Yeah, that'll take you to a certain point, but but only so far. And so she and one other person were the very first two people to actually stand up and initiate something that I had never heard before a bit mm. uh, that I they didn't run it by me first or anything. They just stood up and went ahead and did it. I was like, oh, my gosh, this is awesome. <laughs> I can't believe this. And I was really impressed. So she her character was Lady Luck. Yeah. She was a lady on the court. I do remember that. And she was very timid, but she had said something about, uh, and I can't even remember what the, the issue was that her character was complaining about, but I, there were two ways that I could take what had she had said. One was the way she meant it, which was very innocent. Another way, if I went to the extreme, I could say that she was insulting my prime lady in waiting, who was actually our troop leader at the time. Um, and had been on, on court for much longer than I was. But I thought, you know, she's brave enough to stand up and do this. I'm going to throw her a curveball and, and see what she does with it. Fail. <laughs> no, it was not a fail. So I accused her. I, I said, are you complaining about my chief lady in waiting and saying this, that, and the other about her? And she gets this incredibly panicked face in her and in her on her face and her voice oh no your majesty what i meant was and she explains the innocent way i'm like oh oh well in that case carry on (laughs) (laughs) and i let her continue the bit which she did and it was a very successful bit very entertaining and that was that was the first time i had met her and of course we got to uh hanging out more she came to atlanta uh, on a random trip in December and messaged me saying, Hey, I'm going to be in town, but I wanted to go see the Dolly exhibit. Would you be interested in going with me? And I thought, what? She, she's coming all the way to Atlanta and wants to leave the friends that she's staying with to come hang out with me, me. Oh my <laughs> gosh. That's, that's wild. Oh, uh, of course I would love to. So we ended up, we ended up going hanging out with each other for that day at the Dolly exhibit at the High Museum. Okay, and okay. It's still- wait, 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 wait. Are we talking Salvador Dolly, Dolly Parton? Like, what, <laughs> oh. what Dolly are we talking about? Dolly, not Dolly. Okay. <laughs> Salvador Dolly. Okay. Um, we had just such a, a fabulous time hanging out together. 
And from then on, it was a lot of just communicating back and forth. And whenever Georgia Festival started up, she came to the Georgia show several times that season. During the, that following summer, when I had to go up to Carolina for rehearsals and stuff, I started staying at her house and we would hang out more and more together. And as the years progressed, I started keeping track of how many weekends out of the year we weren't in the same town together because <laughs> it was easier to count those. And that's kind of how our friendship had started and developed. That's awesome. What's your story? See, what happened was, <laughs> <laughs> so my story starts before that. Okay. We met before that. I guess she doesn't remember. Um, <laughs> dress rehearsal. Um, no, we remember dress rehearsals. Those are a blur. We met. Did we meet? Okay. So yes, 2010, I was on cast for the first time. I had worked there for games and trash and food. I've been there for many years. You've done a lot. Um, yeah. <laughs> Since our first season. And dress rehearsal for a new character who has no clue what's going on is very stressful. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> Let alone the circumstance that your person in charge isn't there. Mm. Because something had happened to their... The trailer or our, our truck had broken down. Oh, no. And we didn't make it to dress rehearsal. <laughs> you didn't. But anyway. Well, so not to, like the very last We hour. are trying to figure out how to do some rehearsal for the joust. Because we used to do this. And there's no queen. So how do we rehearse a joust with no queen like that doesn't make any sense yeah that's, still... that's, oh. that's kind oh. of that's kind of difficult you um, <laughs> <laughs> no. so like they're trying to figure everything out suddenly this woman is like not running but kind of fast walking and they're like oh that's the queen and i'm very sorry <laughs> this woman is dressed like she just rolled up out of bed <laughs> As I probably did. We slept at like to <laughs> the trailer in the parking lot of the gas station. See, and uh, so mentally you're there, you know, dress rehearsal, you're to the T, you're worried about how you look, and this queen rolls up just in some like <laughs> no sweatshirt and everything. And you're like, Okay, she's had it rough. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's not what she told me. She always she, she always says when I first saw you, I thought you are so beautiful. Now I know she's just you know, lying, making me feel good, <laughs> which you know is much appreciated. <laughs> so anyway, she runs up there. She goes quickly through all this stuff, and she comes back down or the stairs to the joust. And there are people who are trying to introduce us to the queen because, as the court, we need to know who she is. It's helpful. Yeah, she didn't care. She had things to do. <laughs> <laughs> We had to hurry up, set up the trailer, <laughs> then pack back up and drive back to Georgia that same afternoon. Yeah. So, yeah, we I was kind of in a flurry of, uh, of stuff. So my first introduction is a very disheveled, short, shove you out of the way queen. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, okay, this is going to be a blast. <laughs> <laughs> I also was working my regular job at the time. So on Saturdays, I wouldn't be there until about one o'clock. And I would usually meet the court like at the joust at that time. And the first day I came in, I don't know how this festival works with coming in late. And I feel like I need to apologize a million times because I'm coming in halfway through the day. So I immediately go to her. Look, I'm sorry. I tried to get here as fast as I could. We had an emergency with a pet at work. And she's like, who are you? 
<laughs> it made me feel so loved. Uh, I was not in charge at this time. This is when I was still just another character on the royal court who happened to be queen. I was not the troop leader or in charge of anything at that time. Well, the previous yeah, but- queen was not troop leader. We'd um, That's sort of a new to us kind of thing whenever you started yeah, that yeah. so it makes more sense though if yeah, you can handle it, it. <laughs> it, it honestly i think it makes more sense even if we have a problem on street we can walk up to you and speak to you as if we're speaking to the queen but in all actuality we're like yo those are some good cheese fries or we saw a guy peeing in the corner like <laughs> which has happened oh, yeah. before yeah. yeah yeah heather told me about the guy behind the joust yeah <laughs> weird but happen. um so i continued with my story like of what happened at work and she genuinely seemed interested which is a little unusual when i'm talking about blood and gore from a pet at work Yum. So that was like the beginning of the joust and we had to go do the joust. And then we went to launch after that. And she came up, she was like, finish your story. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, wait, now you know who I am. No. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, just, I, yeah, she, I found out she was in Atlanta and I did want to see the Salvador Dali exhibit. Um, so I not the Dolly Parton exhibit. (laughs) We would have gone to that. I'll totally would have gone to that. Absolutely. (laughs) While you may be queen of the fair, Dolly is just the queen. (laughs) Fair enough. Yeah. Now that the now that Elizabeth's dead. Well, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Speaking of historical queens, I think Heather has a question. Oh, going well. I guess it depends on if Mandy is done. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Pretty much. (laughs) Okay. I mean, I just we like were there. only going how we really met, right? Not going into the other stuff or what? Yeah. Just so this is technically an episode of how you met your mother. <laughs> <laughs> I still think it's sort of, I think the best phrase I ever heard was platonic life mates. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Platonic. I like that. I've always referred to one of my best friends as my hetero life mate. But... <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to ask, and this is kind of way back when if i had put it in in a in a way that made sense was it strange to go from a historical queen to a imaginary created one not too much of a change so much from character to character but from from the response the responsibility was a little bit different because in georgia i was given the character of Anne Boleyn, who was married to the king. So I was the queen. So I did a lot of historical research on her and everything. And when I got the role of queen in Carolina, I had assumed that the director would also give me the character that they wanted. Uh, give me a name. And the director said, well, what name do you want? And I thought, what? what? <laughs> uh, I've got to choose a name. Okay, well, it's got it's got to be a queenly name. Um, it's a fictional queen. We're not because it's a, not a historical fair. Um, a, a good generic name, a great generic name, is uh, Queen Eleanor. But that was Lolly's character. I was about to and, say, I think that was Lolly. <laughs> and there was no way I was going to even be close to being what she was. No. Uh, I wanted something different. So I, I thought, well, what about Queen Charlotte? That's, you know, historical queen. 
but is it too cheesy because I'm in here in Charlotte? Uh, I didn't know. I liked I liked Elizabeth, but would people mistake me as, you know, the Queen Elizabeth? Because I don't have red hair. Yeah. Plus the princess at the time was Princess Elizabeth. And she was returning uh, to cast. So she would be my sister, my younger sister. And so I couldn't be Elizabeth. So I played with different names and came up with Isabella. So beyond that, I was mostly just uh, be regal, be be like I was when I'm, you know, one-on-one with people as the queen. Uh, and there wasn't that much of a transition in that respect. How would you so. say your first year, how have you evolved from year one as Isabella to year 2022? I'm definitely much more confident. My first year as Isabella, I was also a single queen. And I knew that the following year, they were going to to hire someone to be king. So I used it as, I used that first year as a bachelorette (laughs) year. And I flirted with everyone and I loved it. I had so much fun. I am a great flirt. Oh, Um, no, trust me. I kind of of studied it in college. Um, When Derek is on stage, that comes out. Oh, yes, it's adorable. Like, the way you and, and uh, Derek's new character go back and forth is amazing. Oh. <laughs> I, I used to study, like, different different flirting techniques between oh, me and a friend of mine in college in the dorm room. And whenever we would come up with, like, a new sort of technique of flirting, we would run to the other one and, and say, oh, I, I found this new thing. It's really cool. <laughs> And then we'd share share our little flirting techniques. So I kind of really did do a study on flirting. And (laughs) it's stuff looking at me. The look you're getting. Andy does not like it when I flirt. It makes her very uncomfortable. So in that respect, she really is my daughter. This woman, as a queen, licked around the bottle while she constantly made eye con- contact with this guy and I was like I have to walk away I can't do this <laughs> <laughs> he was offering me a drink from his bottle in Georgia where we are allowed to drink there oh, wow. uh, and it was always oh, really really tasty really some kind of sweet liqueur or sweet something um, I don't know very much about alcohol but I like my sugar I love my sugar mm-hmm. um, right they were extremely drunk um, and I knew that they just wanted to play and they wanted to have fun, very innocent. So I went ahead and, you know, played back with them. I, you know, flirted, but I also played the straight man as if the queen didn't really know what she was doing, but you know, they loved it. They ate it up and <laughs> well, it, does... they, they had a grand old time. So <laughs> that is awesome. I was going to say, how do you like having a single queendom? But I think we know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. My first year was hard because, as I said, the the royal court really didn't do much back then. So that first year being a single queen, I felt like I had to do all the entertainment. I had to do all the interjections whenever we were in the pavilion. It was all about me. And I tried to throw focus on anyone else, but no one would bite. So I had to continue doing all the work as far as coming up with improv and speaking with the audience and and everything. And it was really, really difficult. And the next year when I got a king, Tom was a great person to, to play with. 
he was able to improv. He was, we were able to play off of each other and it, it really cut the work in half and it made such a difference. Um, we, if you have a good partner, it's great. Absolutely. Otherwise it's, it's a lot of work by yourself. I would love to see like everyone's answer to this. I remember way back when, and vaguely knowing of Lady Luck, and I thought it was cute and all, but just another of the courtiers, one of the other ladies. And then when I found out that we were getting Jester Luck, I was, I remember going, really? And just thinking, she's, okay, she's just a lady. Of course, obviously, I didn't know her very well. And then she turned out to be <laughs> one of the funniest, most amazing Jester. I, I, obviously, I didn't know you well, so I didn't see it coming. One of the best Jesters we've ever had since we had... Um, the acrobatic one way yeah. back in Lolly's time. How did yeah, that yeah. come about? Um, she was uh the one who ended up marrying Dexter Tripp. I don't yeah. remember. Yeah. yeah, 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 Jaina. And I Jaina. Say, Jaina. when you were on stage, Mandy, I cannot stop laughing. Whether you're yourself <laughs> or your character, <laughs> exactly. Whether you are being you or your character, which they seem to coincide a little bit. <laughs> a lot of us, really. A little bit. <laughs> I mean, like, I could not stop laughing. I cannot tell you how many times I had to cover my face last year, even <laughs> in a mask, because I was laughing so hard. But she's the jester. She's funny. Yes. And I kind of get the impression that that relationship is, to my mind, fairly historically accurate. So how would you two characterize your monarch-jester relationship? A headache. <laughs> no doubt um, how did you decide to become a jester well, for the or was there a decision for, for the people who are listening Mandy has a very confused look on her face right now <laughs> it's an act well the jester was hatched one day and no um what came first the jester or the egg <laughs> the jester that th we had two jesters when I was on court, two very different type of jesters, two only years as lady luck. First year had one jester. The second year, there was a different jester. Right. And they were very young at the time, but they just seemed to have so much fun. And while I was trying to figure out how to be a lady, I felt kind of confined because a lot of my ideas weren't really appropriate even though I did them <laughs> no they were not appropriate <laughs> for a lady <laughs> which is sometimes why it's funny <laughs> yeah depending on what and, it is <laughs> and uh I just really enjoyed watching our jesters and what they did and my third year uh, we were told that our jester was not returning. And I was like, I think I could do this job. But let me look around. Like, let me try to figure out if I think I'll be good at it. And that is the year that Mooney the Magnificent or Mooney. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that he guest performed at um, CRF. And he performed a entire show and said two words. And, he and while I... <laughs> I knew I could not be a non-talking jester. I looked and I was like, if he can do that and make that impact without speaking, then I can, I think I can do it with my voice and the way, you know, just the way my mind works. Um, because I, I didn't want to be silent, but also you can be impactful as a silent character. That's not what I'm saying. It but, just was yeah. your choice. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
And as soon as I mentioned it to a few other people, it was very positive feedback. She told me, I think I want to audition as Jester next year. To which I answered, yes! (laughs) (laughs) Yep. There was only one. Yeah, there was one person who was like, aren't you too old? And I was like, I'm 30. (laughs) I don't think Jester's have an age limit, really. It just, ours had been young, but they don't have to be. 30 is not that old. Not only that, but she's constantly being mistaken as a high schooler anyway. So. Yeah, yeah, I can see it. And I moved my jester into pretty much kind of my personality, a pet peeve of mine in my character, not for other characters. I hate for the jester to repeat jokes or to do the same thing. And that that is a jester thing. That is a me thing. And I don't I'm not always in the time in the mind frame of I need to entertain people. I'm sitting there. I'm bored. So I entertain myself. It works well. Yes, Yes. well. And she just happens to entertain everyone else around her while she's entertaining herself because she's just naturally that funny. To me, it's sort of like when you're watching one of the old recorded Cirque shows, there's the main event and off to the side, there are just like little things going on that you could (laughs) happen to see. So if anyone's listening to the courtiers talk, that's fine. But if they happen to be watching the jester, it's an entirely (laughs) different show. (laughs) Gosh, yes. Even disruptive. It's just if you happen to notice, I mean, most of us are kind of watching because you're funnier (laughs) than whatever's happening on stage, usually. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. Very true. And all of that is very true. (laughs) Well, just saying it as a longtime courtier who enjoys watching the antics of the jester and then the queen trying to rally from the, oh, why is there a chicken on my bum roll? (laughs) (laughs) Or, you know, insert strange shenanigan there. So do you think that Bettina and Mandy's relationship kind of bleeds over to the Jester slash Queen's relationship? I think so. A little bit. I'm, I think it must. I, I don't mean think you to get... her as the Jester. Yes. I yes, cannot imagine it, that kind of chemistry with anyone else, though. Yeah. When she first started being Jester, she was still a little scared of the Queen. For for, for several years um, after we became best friends, she was still a little scared of me, Bettina. And she uh-huh. slowly kind of got over that. But she was still scared of the Queen. So <laughs> when I used my Queen voice, she it would still make her nervous. Well, eventually she grew out of that too. And it became <laughs> very obvious that the jester wasn't scared of the queen. It's and kind of adorable I, though. There was one year when I asked her to, to bring it back a little bit, actually. Um, by that time I was the troop leader and I was, you know, I, I do help different characters grow and develop. Um, and I noticed the dynamic was, a little bit more difficult if she if the jester isn't a little scared of the queen um because she no longer cared what she said or what she did because she knew that me as a performer didn't really have any recourse i could i can't behead her um, as much <laughs> well, as i want really. to <laughs> um so uh, i asked her to pull it back a little bit and so she did and um, it, it got back to that sweet spot again between our our dynamics as as queen and jester, and made it a lot better. But yeah, she is a lot meaner as the jester than she is Mandy. <laughs> <laughs> and we do like after fair. A lot of times, I will approach her and be like, "Hey, I said this. Is it okay? 
I didn't mean it like in this way. And we uh, do talk about like yeah. after fair, we discuss some of those things. And most of the time I was like, oh, uh, yeah, I didn't even notice. Yeah, you're good. <laughs> I sort of remember back when I had my henchman played by my husband, I would often have to check in backstage and be like, are you okay? Was I too mean? <laughs> <laughs> so I get that, that sort of, it, that was all just make-believe, right? <laughs> well see i'm i'm still in my second year so well technically third but still second on court and there are still times where i will hold myself back because i'm scared that i'm actually going to hurt someone uh-huh. like just saying something so i'm kind of apprehensive about saying specific things um and now having joey on the court oh lord <laughs> once i made the first person really mad at me i let that go like it was done after that yeah. Like after I said something and they got mad at something I said, I was like, okay, I got, I got it from here. <laughs> I, I now know the, I now know the line. Yeah. That's, yeah. The line. <laughs> That's You have still- to find your confidence to know how to build your character. I think I'm still working on that. It keeps changing. <laughs> so the whole point of mentioning any of this, the, the Renaissance Festival stuff is while it's not spooky necessarily, I do tend to think that people who have working lives as performers can be considered sort of alternative. Yes. Um, and I know Brad Lee definitely agreed with that. Do you feel that applies to you and your life or your household relationship or anything like that? Do you find yourself in an alternative, not mundane kind of situation? Absolutely. Because you do get to play uh, dress up as a queen every weekend. <laughs> people, people that have never been to the Ren Fair. They have no concept of what it is. True. And when you start working Ren Fair, it sucks you in and you never want to let it go. Um, and so far, I have not let it go. Um, it is a totally different world. Um, back when I was doing both shows in Carolina and Georgia, it, it was my it was my entire life, really, because we would be partway through the Georgia season when the emails started coming from Carolina saying, hey, we're getting ready to start gearing up for the Carolina show. Auditions are coming and then rehearsals and then the show started. And halfway through the Carolina season, I would get emails from Georgia saying, all right, well, we're getting ready to gear up. Well, auditions are coming up uh, and then the rehearsal process and then the show started. So it was a year round thing. I lived a totally different life. Um, even to this day, I, I'll perform as queen on the weekends. And it, it's it's funny because it's all about me because, you know, the queen is coming to the festival and that's why we're having a festival because she's visiting. And then I go back to work on Monday and I have a job that I'm very specifically trying to remain in the background and unnoticed. And it is it used not as much anymore because I've, I've gotten used to it, but it used to be extremely jarring Monday mornings to, to to shift my whole persona back to this reality that I'm living during the weekdays. Um, I get that. Oddly enough, Saturday mornings would come around. I would have no problem getting back into Queen. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, it's it's really nice to fancy oneself a noble lady when on Monday I'm just a secretary again. <laughs> so kind of that's the same though. You just kind of serve other people though, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> so 
So that kind of leads me to a question. It it's it's a little personal. What is your muggle real job? <laughs> my my main muggle job. The thing that pays I the bills. <laughs> I am a sign language interpreter. So I I work in the school system. Uh, and as an interpreter, my job is to interpret everything that is being spoken for the deaf student to understand what is being spoken and who is speaking it, as well as to read the signs of the deaf person if they don't speak for themselves and voice as if my voice is theirs for that deaf person. Otherwise, when I'm in an uh, interpreting situation, I, Bettina, am not involved in the discussion. Um, I have no opinion on what is being said. I have been in countless classrooms where the teacher is clearly teaching something completely wrong. Oh no. But it is not my job to correct them. That must be the very reason, hard. The reason being it gives the deaf student an equal experience with all the other hearing kids. So the kids have an opportunity to catch the mistake and ask the teacher, hey, well, what about this? I thought it was supposed to be this. And so they have an equal opportunity to uh, to catch the teacher or to be frustrated with a teacher who is really bad at teaching. <laughs> wow. Yes, I can imagine. So it's it's all about the equal access. And so I, I said I very much am in the background and I'm not a participant of whatever's going on. So yeah, it's so very jarring. Hard to kind of have to stand back and translate, but not being able to say anything. Not show your own personality. Yeah, <laughs> not not let your own personality go, whoop, this is wrong or something. That <laughs> or I not making facial expressions that kind of clearly give away my personal opinion. Right. Uh, it, it's training. Uh, that's all part of my training. Um, I have a four-year degree of educational interpreting uh, from UNCG. Um, I, I feel like I got some really great training over there, which made me prepared for what I had to face once I started in the job, the, the job community. I can well imagine. I work with, well, I'm a secretary for a bunch of professors. And while I don't work in the classroom. That's a translation onto itself. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I do know that there are some amazing professors and teachers. And there are some who it's just like, why did you choose this profession exactly? <laughs> It's like one of those things of you look at the person and go, I thought you worked at a school. <laughs> like, But out yeah. of fair, we have seen you occasionally sign with our patrons who are deaf or hard of hearing. Mm -hmm. And with your the width of your communication abilities, we also have seen you speaking Spanish with the Hispanic ones. And obviously, I'm sure management likes the fact that you're very accessible to a lot of people of the patrons who might not be otherwise. How does that work for you? I mean, that's obviously a huge benefit of having you as a performer there. Yeah. I I love it. Uh, I absolutely love different languages. Um, uh, I grew up in Indonesia where I went to an international school. So everyone was from all over the world. So I was exposed to a whole bunch of different languages, even though English was taught at our school. Um, my mom is Colombian. So I, I grew up speaking Spanish, although my Spanish is very rusty, but I also spoke English at home. And then we all were required to, to learn Indonesian while we were there. So I grew up really tr being trilingual. In college, I learned um, just a, 
in a tiny, tiny, tiny amount of French because I was interested. Uh, but then I switched over to the um, interpreting program once it got started, and that became my fourth language, uh, American Sign Language. And as I am interpreting in the high schools uh, the past number of years, uh, I have had the opportunity to interpret in French classes. Oh, my. Some deaf kids have taken French class. And the team of interpreters that are at the school that I currently work at, when it comes up, you know, oh, we got someone who's in French class and everyone's saying, not it, not it, not it. And I'm saying, <laughs> I'll take it, I'll take it. So I have, uh, I have been able to learn a good deal of French and I'm able to, to hold a very simple, but still decent conversation in French now. So now uh, I count that as my fifth language. Interesting. Wow. Five languages. How does ASL yep. work in non-American well, we would like to thank our guests, Bettina, Absolutely. Bettina Queen, and Mandy, yes. the jester. And we're so glad that we had you on with us. It's always a pleasure. Thank you so much for, for inviting me. Uh, I have, I've been really enjoying your podcast. Um, you. So when you invited me to be on it, I was just flabbergasted. Um, and you were like, also nervous not spooky. Because <laughs> I, I don't think I'm that funny. Uh, so that's why I kind of got Mandy to come along with me because she's hilarious. <laughs> she is hilarious. <laughs> she is hilarious. And we've enjoyed both of you. We have. Thank you. Well, thanks to you both, your most gracious majesty and her irreverent jester. Of course. We've loved having them here. And a reminder to our listening audience that the Carolina Renaissance Festival runs until November 20th, yeah, 2022. So, so now through November 20th. Um, depending on when this plays, you may have one more week left. Yes. But we also have next year's dates, which are September 30th through yeah. November 19th, 2023. Which is cool. Absolutely. You can plan ahead. Yep. Which, th- during that time, we'll probably do the same thing and, and maybe focus on our performers again. And, I don't know. And, you know, if if we get updates that we can talk about, then we'll probably talk about them. Absolutely. Yeah, so keep yours opened for, you know... Ren Fair news, if need be. <laughs> yeah. So we're, you know, Southern Fried Spooky, Spooky, and Performance Stuff. Yeah. Because why not? But that's a long name. I still got to get the fraud in there. Well, that's Patreon-level stuff, yeah. I'd say. Anyway, we'd like to ask for your five-star reviews, if you think we're worth five stars. And if you don't, well, who needs that kind of negativity? Patreon or OnlyFans. We have a Patreon, and we <laughs> hope you'll join us there. Um, OnlyFans, I... That'll be him, probably. (laughs) But do stay tuned for more spooky tales coming your way. Like I said, we hope to have something good for Halloween, and we've got some really good plans in the works for Christmas. Imagine that. We do. But for now, I'm your Carolina girl, Heather, also Countess Batista Nadajdi. And I am your Florida man, also Baron Maxwell Starbuck. And until next time, we do bid thee anon. Which means... Bye, Bye, y'all. Yeah, okay, so I really want to do an OnlyFans where the only thing I do is cook. Like, cook and clean. I think there's a market for it. Yeah, it would be fun. I might actually do that. You're good at it, too. Yeah, cooking, cleaning, that type of deal.